is Alex Culpepper. I am a ministry director on staff here at Village Church. I lead our Village at Victory ministry, which is uh, just an outreach to a nursing home. We lead a worship service there every uh, Sunday morning. And so it's, a, it's an honor for me to do that. I'm here also this morning to moderate something special for all of us. Uh, if you're not aware, Village Church has something called the Village Church Q&A podcast. It's kind of like a radio show where we ask really tough questions and, and the pastors try to answer those questions wisely. And so we're taking that Q&A experience and bringing it live here this morning, which I am super excited about. So we've been going through the series of Song of Solomon, and we've been talking about love, sex, romance, dating, attraction, affection, all of these things that are wrapped up in relationship. And so as we talk about these issues, uh, you might know that they're a little bit culturally charged. And as a result, we have a lot of questions about them. And so uh, we want to take an opportunity to answer those questions. And so you can do that even live today, right now. You can ask your questions and we'll seek to answer them. Now, here's the reality. We've already gotten more questions than we can possibly answer. And so as we go throughout uh, the next week, every day on the Q&A podcast, which you can find in the Apple Store or on the Village Church site, every week we will be answering the rest of the questions that we didn't get to answer here this morning. So on the Village Church app, down at the bottom, you'll see that you can ask a Song of Solomon Q&A question. Uh, when you submit those in the app, those will come directly to me up here, and I'll be able to filter through those and ask those real time. So right now, I'd like to invite the pastors up on stage. If you guys would come up, Pastor Michael, Pastor Tim, and Pastor Craig. I'm a grad student, and one of the most frustrating things for me is having a test that I have no idea how to prepare for. And that's kind of like the experience that these guys have here this morning. So I'm really excited to like maybe stump them or you know confuse them a little bit. It'll be it'll be fun. Um, so yeah, we may throw the question back at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, is yeah. that right? <laughs> can we punt to you? Good. All right, good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, so uh, the, uh, we're going to go into the first round. In this first round, we're really going to focus on uh, raising kids and talking about issues of sex and dating and and love and and all of this. Now, what I was really encouraged by is that Village Church submitted a ton of questions about how we invest in the next generation, and that's just really encouraging to me to see uh, how intentional Village Church wants to be with the next generation, so that's very exciting. The first question is for Pastor Craig. How do I teach and motivate my students towards godly purity when it seems stupid, confusing, or irrelevant? to them? Good question. And, and you know, I, I have to say for some of these, I would say that uh, Matt and Lauren, I just want to tip my hat to them. They work with our, our youth and uh, I've been in on a, a few of those lessons and they do a wonderful job of teaching our youth from, uh, from where, not only them, but also the, the Iwana workers and all of the, the children's workers that we have in the church. So thank you for giving us a good uh, basis from which to work. Uh, I see the church and the parents working together and raising our children. The reason that I wanted to tip my hat there is because uh, it's, if, if you wait until uh, the, the kids are in their teens, you've waited too long. And, and that's the challenge. The challenge is that not only do you have to teach about these things, but you have to exhibit them as parents at home as well. Your children's best, uh, best chance to have good marriages and good relationships 
is what they hear from you, what is solidified in the church that you take them to, and what they see at home. And so one thing that I've really enjoyed in the messages that uh, Michael's been uh, giving us through Song of Solomon is the opportunity to see um, in Scripture how often God tells us our relationship with our spouse is pretty much the main ingredient for how our children will, will grow up and have relationships themselves. So I wanted to say that, uh, first of all, be, before we start. Um, I would say, give me the question one more time, Alex. Yeah, so how do, I, <laughs> how do I teach and motivate my students toward godly purity when it seems stupid, confusing, or irrelevant to them? Right. Uh, motivating them toward godly purity, uh, the ingredients that I just mentioned that God gives you have to be taken advantage of because your kids will go into a world, and you, we already know this, where all of those things are going to be challenged. They see it on TV. They see it in, in uh, schools and in classrooms. They hear it with their friends. We did too when we were younger, but I have to tell you, it's nothing like what they experience today. It has been, the lid is off insanity when it comes to um, sex and sexual relationships and how much our kids see and experience uh, outside of the home and outside of the church. And so uh, everything that you tell them right off the bat is going to be a challenge to them. And I think as parents, we need to realize that or as grandparents or as even teachers in the church, when they hear us almost say things that seem contradictory to what they experience in school and with their friends, and we have to hold our ground. And our ground should be held because it's based on scriptural principles. God has, like Michael's been telling us, an enormous amount to say about relationships throughout scripture. Why? Because if we fail at relationships, we misunderstand our relationship with God, and we will, we will portray to the world that God's relationships and his relationship uh, advice uh, or commands are not able to be paired up against the world. So... I would say it starts at home, it starts early, and it starts with regular conversations. And uh, there's probably a whole lot more that could be said on that, um, but, um, but that, that would basically yeah, be it. that's good. Thanks. Um, so, Pastor Tim, uh, there's a little bit of talk. Okay, we need to talk earlier. So there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions asking, uh, what age do we start talking to our children about sexuality? And, like, how? Like, is there, like, a gradation? How does, how does that work? Uh, I would say you probably need to start much sooner than you even think. If you think you're going to start talking to them in kindergarten, you could probably start talking about boyfriend-girlfriend questions, conversations about who you like and who you don't like um, in the opposite sex. Um, we started those conversations with our kids when they were probably three and four. Um, you know, uh, even casual conversations about, you know, uh, at church, you know, the little girls with my, my son, the little boys with my daughter, having, having conversations that are just casual. Again, not, not dating questions. That's, that's not, you know, you, you don't even address those at that point. But you address them as their, their character, the little girl that, you know, my son had a crush on or, you know, how, how can you have a crush at four? But, my son does. Yeah, and my son did too, you know. But they think it's a crush, you know. They, they, they think, you know. <laughs> but having those conversations and talking about the uh, character of the other children, uh, the choices that they make. Um, I loved what Craig said. You know, one of the things that we always 
we, we found ourselves often doing is, you know, our kids would come and, well, that's, that's not the way so-and-so's family does it. And I said, well, that's great, but that's not, we're not so-and-so family. No. You know, this is our family. Our family has different standards, and our standards are based on God's word and what we believe God would want best for you. God's not a fuddy-duddy. He's trying to protect you. <clears throat> He's trying to do what's best for you. So that's maybe three or four. How do we, so how do we advance this conversation about uh, sexuality and that sort of thing? And we'll open that up okay. to, to everybody here. I'll, I'll jump in. So um, at, as soon as my kids could remember, we're talking about my love story with my wife, how we fell in love. We're talking about uh, marriage. I mean, by the time my daughter was three, she knew if she ever, so help me God, dated a boy, that boy would have to get permission from me. And if he did not love Jesus, if he did not love her, if he did not protect her heart and her body, which is our, our, our phrase in our home, um, then he has no business being around her in that way. We talk about this. I mean, literally, I am raising my children in this generation. So are you. You're a little bit older, but you got grandkids now that you're going to be ushering into this next season. And uh, so it starts as young as we can. Some of you, I'm not going to, this is not a public school, private school debate I'm going to open. Some of you need to get your kids out of the public school, or if not, you may soon, depending on what happens in that context. Um, for me, I'll just tell you, if it gets crazy enough in certain contexts, I will not send a 7, 8, 10, or 12-year-old who does not even know how to think biblically thoroughly yet into a hostile environment where I give people nine hours of their day to indoctrinate them in total lies. Now, that being said, I'm not convinced that necessarily um, every public school in this circumstance is, it needs to be pulled out of yet. I'm just saying that we need to be very attentive to what happens here uh, and how we move forward. Uh, the church is going to have to think differently about how we consider, I'm, I'm guessing in the next 20, 10 to 20 years, how we consider private schooling and homeschooling depending on the trajectory of culture. Those are conversations. You may find churches with budgets to help families send their kids to Christian schools or to fund homeschooling co-ops or something like that. But one of the, I think, most challenging things, I'm going to speak to Matt and Lauren and their context. Hey, Matt. <clears throat> is, there is, there is a, a I, I think, a wrong perspective that says, I am the only person who can influence my child until they're 18. Yeah. And what I would say is a parent's job is to help their child leave and cleave. And at the beginning when they're young, um, my daughters are being influenced directly by godly women in this church that we choose to let influence them. They're allowed to go out with them and hang out with them, go on one-on-ones with them. Um, we choose that. But as they get older, one of the realities is that by the time they hit junior high or even before, they need to be developing relationships with older godly men and women outside of the family unit because we are not just going to expect them the day they turn 18 to go to college to be able to form adult relationships and have mentors. So part of the process of leaving and cleaving is being a part of a context where Jesus is central. Matt and Lauren um, filter out their leaders with all due diligence to make sure they are godly mentors who can come around them um, different ages. That is one, I think, the most unique privileges that we have being a part of a church. I think as kids grow up, giving them those witnesses. Now I'm going to stop talking because I could preach yeah, today. Cool. Uh, no problem. <laughs> so uh, I, I want to ask this question because this is one that came in. Should Christian parents, and you, you touched on this a little bit, should Christian parents allow their kids to go through public school sex education? Uh, and you flesh that out a little bit, maybe. Craig? That's it. <laughs> you can answer it, guys. Yeah, 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 go for it. I'd say it depends. It depends on, you know, as a parent... Um, do not buy into the, the philosophy 
that when you send your kids to public schools, the public school says, hey, we got this. Don't worry, parents. You just stay out of this. We got this. Don't buy into that philosophy. You get involved. You have every right. You Theoretically, you pay those teachers and, and those principals. You pay their salary. So when, when you hear or you know that something's going on at your school, get involved. My wife is a public school teacher in U46. And so... You know, we have, as parents and as Christian parents, we have done a disservice to the public school by just backing out and letting them handle it because they're professionals. What can I know? I'm the parent. You know, they're, know? they're the smart ones. And I can tell you, you don't want me to get started. I could preach for hours. Did you on see this. his energy go from three to 11? <laughs> that was sweet. Because it just, it, it drives me crazy when parents don't get involved in what is going on in their school system. Whether your kids go to a public school or private school, you know, what, whatever system it is, get involved and know what's happening and have a say. Part of the problem with a public school, in my opinion, is that we have backed out and we have given it over to the government to take over and, and to teach our children. And we 